Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. One of the things before we start, of course, is the question, my Hanukkah. Um, it's interesting, you know, why even the Gemara uses that term. We're going to see what Hanukkah is, but that question has has intrigued many people that have learned this Gemara. I mean, obviously, you know, Hanukkah was well known. It was mentioned in in the Mishnaya, so the, there was no Masechta about it. Um, so wh- why does the Gemara even sort of put it on the table? Was there a, uh, in the time of the Amaroyim, was there a, uh, a question about whether Hanukkah was a yonte, uh, was a day that people did things that had mitzvahs that we've been talking about it. clearly whether it's in the Mishnayas are not a, a, a full description of all the halachos we know from the Bryces we know from the behavior that people were doing that everybody was being makayim the mitzvah why do we need the, what's the Gemara's question now we know we're going to hear history here history is important to know and we're happy that we hear it but why did the Gemara have the question in the first place? So there's an interesting, you know, many people make a lot out of this Rashi. Take a look at Rashi. My Hanukkah, al ezenes kovuhu. Rashi says, al ezenes kovuhu. Meaning, the Gemara realizes um, that there's Pursume Nisa going on. The Gemara knows that that probably has something to do with the numbers that we've been talking about, the numbers of going one to eight, and that it's not, there is an idea of, although we haven't yet used that term yet, we saw it in a, a couple of pages further in the Gemara. The Gemara hasn't yet used that term of the nace, but we know that it's about a miracle. So the question was, what was the miracle that was the basis for the kvius of this special day. So this Rashi already points out to this question you hear everybody speaking about, which is, which is the more important miracle? It sounds like Rashi knows there's a, a possible other miracle involved. What is the miracle? And, and we, know, we know what the answer is going to be. But that answer, of course, is going to eliminate the other one. That answer means that had it just been for the milchama which seems to be an incredible miracle in the sense that so many lives were saved. And it was so uh, you know, incredible that some, you know, that they were able to be successful. Nobody can explain why the, the candle, why the lights, the oil was able to last and generate. I mean, we can know that it was Hashem's Ratzon. No one is going to be able to come up with a, a, a satisfactory physical explanation for that. And you're going to have to say, this was the Ness. But it sounds like the other Ness wasn't significant enough. That's what you see from Rashi. And that's really going to be borne out, as we see here. In other words, we don't say the Yavonim had controlled us and we won. The main thing is that there aren't, there isn't any oil. Now, how do they make it tame? You know, they were goyim. How does the goy make the oil tame? Now, it could be because there was a chumrah. Once a goy is treated like a, a goy is treated like a zav. So anything he touches 
is we treat it like it's Tame. So that, that could be the case. So that's how they made it Tame. Did they take the oil and put it into rooms with Mason? Is that what they did? Or just the fact that, again, you, you have to know the laws of Tum and Tahara, but you have to assume that at least Midrabanan, when a guy, we treat every guy like he's a Zov, like he's an Avatuma, and therefore whatever he touches also becomes Tame. And especially, you would say, something that's used for Hectish. Hectish has a very um, low ceiling about how it could become Tome. So, therefore, this now became oil that couldn't be used. Okay. You've heard this a hundred times. You've heard this a million times, maybe a thousand times. But what now, is... Why, the, is that the same thing as for wine? That's why, that's why we yeah, it has to be babashal? No. So, that's different. Over there... That would be an Easter even for all of us to use that wine, a special takana that was made, a special xera against uh, yayin stam yenam or yayin that's touched by a goy. That was a takana de rabonon. Now here, they were in the base amikdosh anoch. And um, maybe they didn't have the ability when they were... Uh, before the Hashmanoyim won the war, maybe they didn't have the ability to light the menorah. But this, the, what the Bryce is telling us is already setting up the story that there wasn't any oil anyway. Even if they would be able to have the freedom to do the Avod in the Beis HaMikdash, which includes Adulakas HaMenorah, the Shemen would not have, it sounds like the Shemen would not have been able to be used. So I'm asking you, since we're learning this, why couldn't the Shemin be used? What was wrong with the Shemin? Well, the Shemin was Tomei. How did the Shemin become Tomei? A guy touched it. Does a guy make things Tomei when he touches it? A guy is just a guy, right? Ella what? You see that we know rabbinically we treat Goyim like they make things Tomei, and therefore the Shemin becomes Tomei. Okay, you can't use Shemin Tomei? No. That's what it seems. You can't use Shem and it's Tomei in, 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 in the Beis HaMikdosh. Is that Midaraisa or Midrabonon? Hmm. Well, sounds like once the thing becomes Tomei, you, you can't use it as an Avoda. The same way a behemoth that's Tomei can't become a car, you can't be Makravit as a carbon, and it doesn't, it's not, it doesn't work halachically to satisfy whatever reason the carbon was. Maybe at least rabbinically, you're not supposed to use that oil. Now, I mentioned two days ago the Pnei Yeshua that says when everything is Tomei, then we have this idea of Hutra B'tzibur. And that is another point that needs to be made here. Um, but without relying on Hutra B'tzibur, we would say something that becomes Tomei, even if it's only through rabbinic decree, should not be used in the Beis HaMikdash for the Avoda. And we know Part of the avoda is this oil burning in the menorah. So that's the reason why, as we're going to see in a minute, which is sort of the afterthought. In other words, the description, the Rashi is correct. We're not describing the Milchama here. We're not describing the miraculous victories, the guerrilla warfare, the, inspira- the inspiring speeches. None of that is being mentioned here. But what we do mention, yeah, okay, and when did it happen that they needed the oil again? Oh, that's when the base Chashmanoi were Nizgaber, and they, of course, defeated them, Netzchum. 
Now we get back to the story. Bodko, they looked around. Again, this is another thing that um, uh, many people have uh, spoken about, which is, did the Kohen Godel put his seal on all the oil? I mean, they they probably had uh, a machsan. They had an uh, area, of, you know, a, a pantry, whatever you want to call it, a certain place. And probably if we do Masechtas Midos again, we'll, we'll see. Here's the place where they kept the stuff for the oil. Here's the place where they kept the flour. Did the Kohen Godel, like, stick his Ashkocha stamp on that? Where do we ever find the Kohen Godel has to give Ashkocha? Right? The Kohen Godel has to give Ashkocha on oil. <laughs> everything in the base Amikdosh, if there's no Yavanim around, we make sure everything is Tahar because we're using it. What's this idea that there's a Chosem of the Kohen Godel? Like, did he know something was going on? Um, which, which is interesting, right? So many people say this has to do with the fact that the Kohen Godel was many times makriv his own Karbonis, his minchas chavitim, that he would be makriv every day. You might remember that from the Sechlis Menachos Shiloh, that the Kohen Godel, it's actually, when the Kohen Godel's around, he is makriv every single day, uh, his mincha, his private mincha. And that mincha used oil. So it could be this was oil that that's why it had the chosem of the Kohen Godel, because that was his minchas chavitin that he used. Now, it was, it, it was great that they were able to find it, but it's not that every oil needed the heksher. Uh, that, that would be strange. Now, Rashi actually is interested in this question about the seal of the Kohen Godel. Let's take a look at Rashi. Does it have anything to do with all the seduction theme and that they needed a heksher at a certain point? Okay, right, you could say that. You could say that the, um, although the tzedukim really arose after the misyavnim, uh, historically, as Rabbi Yitzhak Isaac Halevi uh, Rabinovich, the great uh, historian of, of Deiris Harishonim, has, has, has proven that from all these sources, that this whole raw uptick of tzedukim and their way of viewing things, which was so against, was really a an extension of the 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 misyavnim. In other words, the the people among the Jews who who um, bought into the Hellenistic philosophy and ideas and way of life. Now, you might be right that that That's once slope. once that started, once that began, maybe they started being more machmer with hechsherim. In other words, uh-oh, the Kohen Gadol said, something bad is happening here. There's going to be the revolution soon. The, the Yavonim are going to stop all the Avod in the Beis HaMikdash, maybe. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen here. I better put away some stuff. Like he's sort of like anticipated. Um, you could say that, Sheila, but it, it, it's interesting that, that, that whichever Kohen Gadol that was sort of recognized, hmm, you know, there's going to be some bad news coming soon. I better put something away and put a seal on it. And that's what Rashi says. Rashi actually says, Behetzna. In other words, they found it. It was somewhere hidden away. V'chosum bitabato. I mean, this is the first time you hear the Kohen Gadol had a special signet ring. 
there's nothing wrong with that. It's not again. It's not. It's not like a, a begadisha. Uh, t- this is what's considered. Everybody had one. Any business person had a tabas that he was able to imprint on seals and things like that. So it, it's Rashi says first of all, um, it was hidden, uh, and then it had the seal that was made from the ring of the Kohen Gadol. And then Rashi adds, Vehikir Shalinogubai. Vehikiro, or as they changed the gears to, it has to be that they found it in a place where everything about it said to them, nobody's ever seen this one. This one was in some uh, nook and cranny that it's clear that nobody touched it because Rashi's saying, okay, it might have had the seal, but maybe some Ovid Avodazara, maybe some. Of the and it, again, it could have been a Jew was Avid Avodazara. We assume is Tameh or a Goy. It says the Yavanim, the Yavanim. The Brisa seems to say the Goyim made it Tameh. So you you have to say even with the seal, the Goy could still make it Tameh by handling it from the outside and and carrying it if he has a din of Azov. So you have to say they knew nobody had touched it. So again, I guess the question is, what do you if that's true? <laughs> it's a cul-de-sac. If, if we're going to add to this Gemara that the jar that they found was clearly untouched, then why did you need the seal of the Kohen Gadol? <laughs> right? Why would you, if Rashi's adding that, well, the seal wouldn't be enough because it could be somebody could have still played football with, and then oh, we can see nobody touched this. Well, if there's if there's indicators nobody touched this, it's in some farvarfana nook and cranny that it's clear nobody got to it like it's under some uh, hidden panel, then why would you need the seal of the Kohen Gadol? Or is that just, it happened to have the seal, right? Um, right? Rashi says, so again, this is some of the questions. Many people, this is not Kivalevich's uh, original questions, but these are things that many of you, and again, we have two people that are part of our shir, but hopefully people, other people that are listening and when people uh, download this and hear it, Maybe they didn't think about these questions. You know, why is the oil tome? Mm, you're a Talmudist today. You're not just, oh, I want to know about Hanukkah. No, this isn't just the telling kids the Hanukkah story. This is the way adults who know the Shas, who know Talmud, need to think about it because it's we're going to subject it to the same analysis we subject every line of the Talmud. That's just the way we have to do it, right? So... Those are some of the questions about the seal of the Kohen Gadol. Okay. Let's go on. Oh, okay. That seems to be pretty self-explanatory. There was enough to put into the seven, and we know there were seven jars in the menorah. So it, there was enough that if you put into all the seven candelabrum, you would have gotten one day. And one day, let's think about it. Does one day mean overnight? Technically, yes. Technically, it doesn't have to burn more than from, you know, the late afternoon, because that's when they lit the menorah. It wasn't lit at night. It was lit. It was one of the last avodas that was done in the daytime. So it was lit in the evening. And then the Kohen Gadol, the Kohen, not the Kohen Gadol, whoever would come in and get that schus to relight the menorah would then find, would go into the, um, into the Heichel, 
and sometimes they were actually uh, all extinguished. But the, 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 it was supposed to be odd boker. You know, sometimes things got late and they weren't able to get into the Heichal and they d- discovered, and again, the Gemara says that there was a nest in the time of Shimon Atzadik and others, that it never went out. But that's, that nest was true, that there was all, you know, that, the, that there was always the, the middle light or the, or the Ner HaMizrochi, I'm sorry, the Ner HaMarovi was always burning when the Kohen came in, which is sort of like a Nes Hanukkah every single day of the year. Um, and, you know, first, you know, that was something that was also inexplicable because as, as the Gemara says, it was the last, it was the first one lit and yet it always lasted longer than all the other, uh, all the other containers, which was also in a way not able to be explained, uh, scientifically or logically. So that was like a little Nesh Hanukkah that happened almost every single day in the base of Minnesota. Now, it could be that that wasn't the case anymore by the time by Yesheni and by the time of the Hashmanoyim, by the time of the Misyavnim. It could be by the, when they used to go in, they would find it was extinguished. But anyway, the point, though, is this. I'm just sort of going a little bit on a tangent. But the point is that what does it mean, Yom Echad? It means 12 hours, whatever, the nighttime hours till the morning. Nasa Bones. What is Bo? going on. What is Bo? Nas, it doesn't say Nas and Nas. Nas and Bo Nas. Okay? Remember Bo? You remember Bo, right? Yeah. There, there was, you remember Bo Jackson, right? They had a whole thing. Bo knows this. Bo knows that. You remember that, Henoch? Bo Jackson? You remember? Anyway, the point is Bo is not Bo Jackson here. Bo is what, Sheila? Bo is the the the, the the pach right yeah. the miracle is in the pach hmm now the miracle is in the pach not in the menorah and it's not it sounds like it was a miracle in the pach itself now they seem now again this gets into the question did they empty the pach completely it sounds like they did i don't know it's it's, it's one of those magic refilling pachs Okay, so this is what you, we were talking about the other yeah. day. You know, right. did, 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 did they pour it out and then, oh, there's the same like that. That was something you were suggesting the other day that they or they, just stayed in the actual. In other words, it was the oil that had been in the pach, right? Nasib again, the, the shemen Bo would not be the shemen. Bo would be the pach, right? It was a pach of shemen. So right, could, that it, means it was ordinary oil that got poured out, but it kept pouring every day. Or yeah, yeah, that, which is a new way of looking at things. Right. That there was this was a, like you saw in the time of Elisha Hanavi, right, with 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 Almona that right. she, that she kept on pouring, and oh, it's still here. Right? It's Ovadia's widow, I believe, right? Oh, so, okay, yeah, so what happened? Here's more. Here's more. So that would be the the nest was in the pach itself. But not necessarily the Shemen. But what else could you say? The Shemen then was a sort of miraculous Shemen then, wasn't it? Like, I poured well, it off. The nace is in the Pach, it's not in the Shemen. That means. It's oh, oh, okay, but where did the Shemen come from? In other words, originally the Shemen was regular oil that came out of an olive. And that they, oh, yeah, right. And then it just kept the cloning in that. Okay, so that act of, but the cloned shaman is, is, is miracle shaman, right? 
So is you can argue. <laughs> right. So again, just trying to figure out what ex- where exactly did the miracle happen? Now you say, what do we care? It happened. Well, it, it, it makes a difference. You know, first of all, what did they do? Right. You know, so oh, don't throw away the pot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. right. And they were able to light from the pot eight days. Now, um, some say, and we know I mentioned this from the year from the Beis Yosef, that they didn't realize the nace, but they figured, you know what? Sort of with the question we were talking about with the, the Beis Halevi the other day. They said, oh, you know what? Uh, and the Rambam adds, in the Ran, they add this idea of why they knew it was going to take eight days. I mean, the Gemara doesn't mention this. Um, but the Rambam explains that they were, it's, it would take eight days to be able to, um, to get new oil. That's not mentioned in this Brisa. Um, so therefore, since they knew it would take eight days, they already, the first night said, hmm, let's put an eighth in there and we'll have a mixtas kiyum. It's not going to be perfect, but maybe you do the best you can for each night. This was sort of the logic that they were using, sort of a bedievid idea that that's what they thought. But then they were surprised on the first night that their bedievid worked the whole night. And then they kept on pouring an eighth in every night. And though that eighth worked, and that, of course, is one of the Beis Yosef's answers to why every single night was a miracle, even the first night. Because an eighth lasted, what should have only lasted an eighth of the night, lasted the complete night. So that would mean, and that would mean that the pach, somehow, the miracle through the pach entered into the, into the oil. Right? That the pach, through the pach, the miracle spread into the contents, and the contents became super powerful, much more powerful than they would be. And so the, is this the pach in Kaktanim from the Sedra? <laughs> okay, yeah, it could be. Again, once you see the word pach, I guess you could start saying that the pachim that Yaakov goes back for in this week's parsha, right? right. Um, you know, good connection to the parsha, Sheila. So it could be the pachim ketanim is somehow, and I think there are svarim that say the pachim ketanim are somehow connected to that eventual pach of Shemen. Um, I'm not sure the earliest source. I mean, it's it's very yeah, suggestive. The other ones. <laughs> yeah, you know, at least one of them they found. Uh, one of them, may, maybe the rest will will get in the time of Mashiach. These yeah for pachim. oil. But you know, right? But again, to say that pach eventually made its way—in other words, the pach that Yaakov went back for—eventually makes its way to Eretz Yisrael and becomes the one the Kohen Gadol uses. It's a beautiful idea, you know. You, you can you can see a you know a nice story out of it. Um, but uh, just trying again, just trying to to read this with, I guess, a certain seriousness. Right, because well, I'm trying to think is where did the schlussing come for this miracle? So I'm thinking it's got to be Avos related. Well, again, you know, the, the Claudius had already shown great uh, schuyos, the fact that they were willing to fight back. 
right. the fact that there was that there was that there was people who joined the war uh, who, who were willing to be Meister Nefesh. But that's where we get from the Abo. We get that. Okay, so you're sort of saying the related the the, the Maccabeans call stirred people's hearts because they all had the DNA of people like Yaakov inside of them. And the same way Yaakov sort of, you know, had the Messiras Nefesh, uh, Avram Yitzhak Yaakov all had the Messiras Nefesh, that was what somehow, and th- there's nothing wrong with saying that. I mean, clearly, why do we decide, why would you decide to fight? I mean, you know, many, the Taz already has said that it could be they wouldn't have killed us if we just accepted all what they wanted us to do, the Misyavnim and the Yavonim. If we right. lived under their rule, they wouldn't have killed Jews. The people who were the people who became martyrs were people who resisted. So this uh, this this sense of resisting, because to stand for Kiddush Hashem, that's something that we get from the Yavos. And there was enough acts of Kiddush Hashem that were being done, Sheila, I think to say that to allow that miracle to happen. Um, and again, if the problem with this approach that you're going with is that it turns out that the Kvius of Hanukkah is not just for that miracle. Both of the miracles, so to speak, are interconnected, which is okay, which is okay. I mean, right now, Lushana, because that's one possibility again about the nace in the pach in the oil. Um, the other way is what you were saying is they poured it, they figured, okay, we're just going to do one day and who knows about the seven days. Now, one day we'll just get it right. At least one day we'll do it. And then, amazingly, when they came back into the Heichal, what did they see? They see, they saw that all the oil was there. I think you said this the other day. So then what did they do? Just kept on using, they just kept on lighting it and they came back the other day and therefore the nest was, I guess, not so much in the pach. The well, nest, well the... if you're saying it's in the pach, then they kept pouring from the same pach each day. Or are you saying that they poured it and they said, whoa, it's still there. Okay. So it could be the pach. The power of the pach affected the oil and the oil just stayed there. It just kept on burning. Why did why would why did they think it was in the pach and not into the menorah? You know, look, you're putting it into the menorah. Now I have an answer for that. Yeah, and that is that there's a, a brisa that says that it was an ad hoc menorah. Right, the it was, menorah was the, it, it right. was right. It was not the normal menorah, and therefore it could be they understood that the nest must be in. In other words, for the nest to be chal, it wouldn't have been chal in this ad hoc menorah. It probably, therefore, was somehow connected to this jar, which has the Kohen Gadol's chosim on it. Let's go on and finish up here. Lashona acheres kavuam. And here's where Rashi said, kavu. The next year, kavum. Now, why did they wait a year? Maybe they just said, mm, they, they have to think about it and said, oh, you know what? Lashona acheres. Now, does that mean one year later? Probably. Lashana Acheres Kavum. Now, did they mean they immediately made a proclamation for next year at this time? Yeah, they could have just said, hey, let's have a holiday now. No, we don't want to do that. 
Yeah, sounds like in a year, then they established the holiday the year after. Right, but did they already have it in mind? I mean, they saw the miracle. Maybe they wanted to see if it sticks, you know. They wanted to see what? If if, if the situation stuck, you know, like if it was a flash in the pan, you know, maybe we don't. They, they, they wanted to see if they if they were still controlling the uh, yeah. if, if Klal Yisrael still he had autonomy had autonomy. Yeah. Well, the Chassam Seifer says it went back and forth, and Chassam Seifer, of course, read very much the the books of the Chashmanoyim, and he knew from his history reading that things went back and forth for a while. That it wasn't right. such a clear cut victory. I mean, it's true we have the word Vinatzchum, and the Rambam indicates it was over. There was no more battles. But the Chassam Seifer reading, you know, the literature that arose as part of Klal Yisro's library after the Rambam said, mm-hmm. it's hard to say that there was a complete definitive victory. Right. Um, so, right. so it could be there was this waxing and waning and then, well, it seems we're strong enough for us to declare a holiday. Kavum v'asum yomim tovim, which is an interesting term. Rashi already says, no, it doesn't mean that they're also bin melacha. Hmm. The, Rashi jumps in right away. It wasn't a real yom tov. What it, mean, uh-huh. what it means is, uh-huh. So Rashi uh-huh. says, it's only a yom tov in halal and hoda. Okay. Rashi says. Even though there is that custom for women not to do melacha during the... Right, that, right. but yomim tov means the whole day. Right. So uh-huh. in other words... So th- they were koveya, even though you like, like you do the, um, the the mitzvah at night, they were koveya the day that has a specialty, and you it mostly indicates itself not when you're lighting the menorah, but when you're saying halal, which would be in the morning the next day, or when you're davening Shmon Esrei. In, in, in Mariv as a Rishus. There are many people who didn't daven Mariv at the time of the uh, in the time of, of the Hashmanoyim. So really it's interesting if you think about it, that it's based on the miracle, but it doesn't say Kavuam and we made it a mitzvah to light the menorah. It says Lushana Cheres Kavum. We said these days are special. No hespedim, nothing else. Mm-hmm. No fasting, and it's a and and, and 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 so it's really weird because the Megillus Tainus is not explaining the mitzvah of Ner Hanukkah. All it's explaining is why is it that the day becomes so special, the nace of the the Pachashemen becomes the source for why the daytime has its special significance, which is also mostly in the daytime. But we don't have to explain anything about the locus neros. It's just explaining why the day becomes special. Rabbi, in support of the fact... Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.